Hey guys, welcome back. It's Ricky Palloy with the Adjusting Your Mindset podcast. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. We are going to be talking about going after your dreams and understanding that things will take you into different areas that you didn't even realize was going to happen. And when I'm talking about things, I'm talking about the higher power. I'm talking about God. I'm taking about. I'm talking about any little step that you take throughout your life is going to lead you down a path that you may not even realize what's happening. So today on this Adjusting Your Mindset podcast number 16, we are going to talk about all of that. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey and what's kind of happened throughout my career. Now, if you're not familiar, I own a recruitment agency. Uh, We are a search firm that does healthcare leadership and professional roles. We have been open for over four years now, uh, helping over, uh, I think, believe we are at about 30 or 31 companies total that we've worked with over the last two and a half years. Uh, The first year and a half that I owned the company, we did not have our own clients. We were doing 1099 work, working for other companies, uh, basically consulting, and then we decided to bring on our own clients and started going down that road. Now, if you take a step back, I've been in the recruitment world for over a decade, for 11 years. I have six years of corporate HR talent acquisition experience where I worked directly with the company and then with the the, the specific companies that I had worked with. And then I've also worked on the agency side for the last five years. Again, for the last over four years have been on uh, with my own company, Rium Recruiting. And the reason why I bring this up is because if you go back to after I graduated, uh, from Arizona State University back in 2004. When I graduated, I went into the mortgage business. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something in business and sales. And I had a friend at that time that helped allowed me to intern with him uh, at his company, which was a major bank, and learn a little bit about the mortgage industry. And so when I left college, I had a couple different opportunities, but I took this opportunity with uh, a subprime lender. So I was an account executive. I was picked between, uh, it was me and two other people uh, within the West Coast, the like central region, and then the East Coast, that we were the three that got selected to be in this pilot program for this mortgage company. And we went through that process and I ended up getting hired was on with them, did 10 weeks of training out in Virginia. I live in Arizona. And so went through that and did that whole entire thing for about four years. Now, if you know anything about the mortgage industry, 2004 and you know before that was pretty amazing for the mortgage industry. So when I got into the mortgage industry, I And again, I was a subprime account executive for a mortgage lender, a subprime lender. So it wasn't a, I wasn't working as a mortgage broker or a loan officer. I was working on the other side, helping them to get loans for their clients. And going through that process, I, I was actually one of the top reps. I became within about a year, I became the top, one of the top reps for the, for our team uh, in Arizona and made pretty darn good money, especially for one year after college, at least what I had thought was really good money. And so the next year uh, worked a little bit harder, made more sales, but of course, if you know what happened in the mortgage industry, so going into like 2006-ish, then I made more in com- I made less in commission even though I did more in sales because everything started getting taken down a little bit. So next thing you know, I ended up going into my third year in 2007. Um, I actually did, I think, even more sales but made less money. 
money because again the mortgage industry was having a collapse that ended up happening in as we all know in 2008 so in 2008 and going into 2009 i ended up you know basically getting let go from the company because the company went out of business and we went back and looked at it and i was still trying to stay in the industry i went to another company brought them in a bunch of business but they couldn't close any of the loans uh, i went to another company of mine that uh, was one of my clients and was working for them for a while and did a couple loans with them and seemed to be doing okay but then just everything stopped i ended up having two positions or two uh mortgages that I was working on with two clients. I actually had a buddy at that time who had worked for uh, a bank, a smaller bank that needed their, <laughs> their whole mortgage division had shut down. So he asked me if we could take over and help with some of those, which I did. Uh, and we had two position, two different, I keep saying positions because I've been in the recruitment world for so long now, but we had two different people that we were working with and we lost basically both of those deals because the banks changed guidelines so many times in 2000 and like the late 2008, early 2009 timeframe. And so went through that and ended up going and not having those things done. And I decided at that point, which, you know, looking back at it, if you want to say I quit, I did. I left the industry and I couldn't, didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. So tried to find a couple other sales jobs, didn't really pan out. So I ended up applying for the police department, uh, Phoenix police department. Uh, we started going through the testing, passed the physical, passed the written, was getting ready to do my psychological test. And they, at that time in 2009, they went on a hiring freeze. Um, so I did not go through that whole process. And I started going through another process with a different um, agency, in uh, what's called Peoria, Arizona. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't make the sit-up requirement. They wanted 27 sit-ups in a minute. I only got 25. Couldn't bring myself the last two. So got 51 push-ups in a minute, though, but couldn't do the sit-ups for some reason. So anyway, looking back at it, you know, it all happens for reasons, right? Everything happens for a reason. So I ended up getting a job with uh, University of Phoenix, uh, which is, if you're not familiar with University of Phoenix, which I think most people are, but if you're not, they are an online school for higher education. Uh, they were kind of the flagship university for that started a long long time ago by uh, John Sperling and kind of grew into a massive thing and so I started with them as what was called an employee education services advisor I was with that position for about three years and loved it I got to work with the employees and help them enroll into school uh, myself and a couple of the other gentlemen that I was working with uh, ended up moving from the normal team to a doctoral team and just I enjoyed it it was a lot of fun but I was in just a corporate America job. This is the first corporate America job I had had after graduating from school. So again, now I'm eight years out of my career. I'm like, I want to do something different or I want to move up in the company. So I had applied for some manager positions within the University of Phoenix um, and I didn't get them. Um, for whatever reasons, right? I, my mindset wasn't correct or whatever. You know, I don't want to put blame on anybody but myself because I, I was the one that didn't get the positions. Now. Could that have been political? Could have been something else? Was it my own fault? I don't know, but I'm going to take my own blame for not moving into that position. But going back to what this whole this whole thing's about, <laughs> that's what happened. Like things happen for a reason. So I had an opportunity to go to a new team, or which was like a completely new type of enrollment team, or I could also had applied for an opportunity for 
a uh, recruiter job, a faculty recruiter job at University of Phoenix, where I would get to work with the faculty teams doing adjunct faculty, which is your part-time faculty for online, and then also a couple of their physical locations. And it was going back and forth. I got offered both positions, and I just at that point, for some reason, I decided I wanted to go ahead and go into the recruitment world. I, I wanted to get out of the enrollment world, more of that sales thing. So I went ahead and did that, moved over to the uh, faculty recruitment team. Pretty successful with that. Uh, I did that for about a year, and this is leading up until around 2012. And during that time, we had seen a lot of things had happened in regarding University of Phoenix was doing some layoffs, some other things. Uh, we watched, I think we had about 40 faculty recruiters and I think five or six managers on the team. And they did a big layoff of, I don't, I want to say about a quarter of that team, maybe more that they ended up laying off. I luckily was not one of the people that got laid off. I was still part of the team, uh, but my manager had gotten laid off and um, some other people that we knew, and it just was a weird situation. And so there was all this money that was being spent and they obviously needed to go ahead and do the reduction in force, went through that. And at that point, everybody's starting to get nervous. So of course me, you know, being who I was, you know, again, this is a long time ago now, I wanted to see what else was out there. So I ended up applying for a position with this company called Hot Chalk. Hot Chalk was a third-party company that worked on online programs and did enrollment, online, faculty, all of these academic affairs for different schools that didn't have online programs or needed help with growing their online programs all throughout the United States. And so I went to work for them uh, with uh, Dr. Julia Smith, uh, Julie Smith. She unfortunately has passed away, but um, she was amazing. And I was their faculty, started off as an assistant faculty uh, or uh, faculty manager, I believe was my title, recruitment manager. And then I got promoted to faculty recruitment manager within about a year. Um, and, and it was just a good experience to be able to get some leadership underneath me and all of that. Again, these things all lead to specific things. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. Like we all have this journey. So after I ended up leaving that position and when I left that position, I actually had an opportunity. I met with the, I believe he was the VP of operations at the time. Uh, his name was Mark, a great guy. A lot of people, I think I honestly, I think a lot of people didn't like him because he was very strict and very like, we need to get this stuff done. And I love that. Like, I love that type of mentality. Um, so <laughs> Mark Z, if you're out there, man, you hear this, uh, thank you so much for your guidance. I know, again, there are some people that didn't feel that way, but I did. So Anyway, going through that, he promoted me to, uh, it was kind of a, a, a lateral move, but it was a promotion because at this point, instead of not having any employees underneath me, I moved over to an operations manager position where I oversaw a team that was in between the compliance team and basically the enrollment team or the sales team. And just having that experience learning was amazing. But I will tell you, it was it was the hard, one of the hardest jobs I had because I was working 55 to 70 hours a week and for not a lot of pay. And having to be in between those two things, the compliance team and the sales team, we got a lot of backlash because of that. And so the reason why I bring this up is it just gave me a little bit more grit and being able to understand like this is how the world works. These are things that you have to do. And if you wanna change your outlook and change your dynamic of what you're doing, you have to do that yourself. So needless to say, uh, they started going through a decline as well about a year later. 
Um, and I think I was in that role for about a year or so when they came to all of us as the leaders and said, hey, we're going to have to lay off some people. And so we laid off a couple people on our team. And then unfortunately, myself and one of the directors from a different department, and I'm not sure who else from the leadership perspective got laid off, but we all got laid off. And to be honest, looking back at it again, working that many hours and for the pay that I was working and my wife had quit her job because we were expecting me to take that next route into going into you know, the next spectrum of our, our career, right? Getting to the next point, maybe getting into senior leadership. Like that was kind of where that situation was. And it was a relief. Like even though I lost my job, even though I got a little bit of severance, I think it was about a month. It, it was just one of those things where I didn't know how to go through that process without understanding like I learned a ton and I'm grateful for it, but I'm so glad not to be in that position anymore. So after that, I went back into recruiting. I got to go back to another university and work on multiple universities for this company um, and do the faculty recruitment and put together the whole faculty recruitment plan for this universities, these universities, both online and for ground campuses. And was able to do that for about three years before, um, again, same things, situation happened. This company was a private company uh, and a company had bought them that wanted to turn them from private to for, uh, public uh, and, or uh, excuse me, for profit to nonprofit. And going through that, they had reduction in force after the takeover, some other things that happened. Um, I didn't get laid off, but at that point, everyone we weren't doing anything in the recruiting department because everything was kind of put on hold. They had enough people. And so eventually we all knew we were going to get laid off or something was going to happen, but they were keeping us on because they wanted to make sure that they had people in place. But I ended up leaving, and that's when, again, these decisions that you make, right? Again, if you prey on them, if you talk to mentors or a coach, these are going to help you to go down that road, and that's what we did. And so we prayed on it. There was an opportunity as an HR manager position, and then there was an opportunity for a search firm, to work for a search firm. And my thought was like, well, I love helping people on the recruitment side. I wanted to stay in that role. But being an HR manager, having them, because I had the recruitment background, they wanted to bring me in and help with the recruiting side. But at the same point, they wanted to go ahead and have me do the HR things as well. And they were going to train me and put me through all the HR courses uh, that were available and some of the certifications. And it was an opportunity to come in and go into that corporate world. But we went back and forth on it and ultimately made that decision to go into the recruiting side of things, the agency side. So going from corporate HR, recruitment, talent acquisition to the agency side where we work with, we're the third party and we're working with these different clients all throughout the United States. And this was in healthcare. And I got to do that for about a year. It was like just under a year with that previous company. Um, I learned a ton from them. Um, from the perspective of recruiting and how a lot of my philosophy of the recruiting style that I do and our interview framework and what we do from that perspective is based off of what they had taught me. Um, there were some differences of philosophy, some differences that, and some things that had happened. And so at that point when I shut down, and again, this, and if you're not familiar, I got diagnosed with ADHD about two and a half years ago-ish. Uh, I had not been at that point. There were some things that had happened and I mentally checked out before they basically asked me to leave, uh, probably about two weeks before uh, because of a situation that had happened. And so again, learned a ton from the company, was able to leave and decide, you know what, I'm going to start my own thing. 
and we prayed on it and we weren't exactly sure what we were going to do. But again, all these things happen for a reason. There's these little things that happen. And so my wife and I were talking and we said to each other, like, you know, should we start the company? Cause that's what I wanted to do ever since high school. I've wanted to own my own company, but my self limiting beliefs and not having enough, you know, strength in my own mind to, and my having the incorrect mindset was not allowing me to go down that road. I just, mentally couldn't do it and so we were talking going back and forth and we were like praying on it what do we do and after we prayed on it we ended up looking at um this tv show and this tv show uh you know i'm just gonna tell you what it is it was called it's called last man standing if you've ever seen it or heard of it uh it's a show with tim allen about kind of his family and and a business that he has started and grown into this massive thing right and we just happened to click on an episode where his daughter was going through this whole thing where she was trying to start her own company and she was struggling and she was having problems and she couldn't get it going and all these different things. And I don't remember to this day exactly what, you know, the character, Tim's character had said, but it was basically like, you have to put the effort in. It will pan out for you if you keep putting that time and effort in. Like, even if you fail, you're going to keep moving forward, like that kind of thing. And we just kind of looked up and we're like, huh, that's funny, God. Ah. Uh, And we knew at that point that was the way that we needed to go. Now, that's back in March of 2019. And we didn't know exactly how to start it. I had already had my LLC developed and created back in 2012. But again, we never did anything with it. So going through that, we ended up deciding that we're going to go ahead and have that you know, get that started. And I was looking for positions. I found this company, um, called reload, great company. They, they helped me tremendously to kind of get started, gave me, um, a little bit of, uh, you know, monthly, you know, stipend, I guess, if you want to call it that or whatever for the first four months to get up and started with them. And at that point, that's when I started my company and really like pushing everything out. But there was a disconnect from my standpoint because I couldn't stay with the candidate all the way through the process. Now I was staying with the candidate through the process, but I didn't have direct connection uh, to the hiring managers because the client did, right? The, the company that I worked for as a 1099 employee had that relationship. I didn't. So there was a little bit of that disconnect there. And I'm like, eventually I wanted to go ahead and have my own clients. But I, you know, didn't have the money for it. I didn't have specific things and, you know, was making pretty decent money. I think within eight months, um, you know, I don't know exactly how much they made, but I believe I was making about a third of what they were making off of their companies. So to give you an example, I think I made about 50,000 ish in eight months from them just getting started. So the first few months didn't really make anything. And then it kind of blew up over the last few. Um, but if you look at it, if I made a third of of and I made fifty thousand. That means I, I didn't make one hundred and fifty, and I know that's a lot of money when you start looking at it. Like that's a lot of money, right? And even fifty thousand for for me, which is in a in a six month, eight month period, that's more money than I've ever made before in corporate America. So I was like, huh, interesting. So if you remember, now we're going into twenty twenty ish, and this is when COVID happened. So everything was going okay. There was all these things that started happening. And again, I believe, truly believe everything happens for a reason. So there were some things that we decided to do. We ended just, we decided to sell our house that we had bought in 2016, in 2000, the end of 2020, I believe. And then we ended up uh, renting for about a year and a half. 
And then we took some of that money and put it into the business and I took out a small loan and ended up getting a marketing company at that point. So we doubled down at that point. That was where we were told to go, you know, from the perspective of God and just praying and what do we do next? Do I go get another job or not? But that's what we did. We ended up bringing on from that marketing company, we ended up bringing on some clients. Um, and that's where that process started happening. And within a few months, even though, you know, again, this is the hustle that you have to do. Like I was working, you know, seven, six, seven, eight hours a day at my job. And then on top of that, I was working um, in the mornings or at night or on weekends for doing lift uh, at that point because I needed to make that money because we weren't having any income coming in. And so eventually it started to pay off. And then into 2021, you know, we finished up pretty well. 2020 or 2020 we did. 2021 was a pretty decent year. Uh, still made more money than I ever had in corporate America. And then 2022 was triple the income. Uh, triple the revenue. And the reason why I bring that up is because there have been so many steps that have been taken, the daily activity, the little things that I've had to do to be able to grow that. And the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you guys is because I know that there's people out there that are scared to go down that road. But here's the thing, right? And you've probably heard this before. If you don't go after things, you're never going to understand if you can do them or not. And if you're f afraid of failure, guess what? Even if you fail, <laughs> you're going to that's a learning experience. Even at your current job or current company that you own, you could still fail, right? There's going to be those ups and downs, but those are learning experiences for the next time and you have to keep pressing forward. There's nothing that you can't do if you put your mind to it. And again, I'm a big believer in God and talking to him and and if you're again, if you're not spiritual and you don't believe in God, figure something out for yourself. Have faith in something when it comes to that. Like, it was a huge game changer for me when I became a born-again Christian in 2014. And any time that I have to bounce my, my ideas off of somebody, I do it off of God. I ask him for help. I talk to him all the time. Even if it's just in the back of my head, I will bring that out. Um, there's too many things out there for you guys and for myself to not go after because we only have this one life. And yes, if you believe in afterlife or you believe in heaven, I get that. But in this life, on this planet, we have specific things that we are meant to do. We have gifts that we are able to go after. And what I'm going to tell you is you, have, you are special. You are good enough. You are the person that should be able to go after these things. If you feel deep down that you are not, you are incorrect. Because we are all made in God's eyes and we are special. And you are able to go and do anything that you want to do to be able to grow yourself and develop yourself. And that's what's important out there. So, again, I'm trying to give you a little bit about my story of what this is all about and how I've gone through the process. And I wasn't expecting it to be this long of a, of a, a message, but I, I just wanted to speak from my heart and let you guys know that you can do it too. There's nothing stopping you. We all have different circumstances and maybe there's something that you can't do right now to have. Let's say you wanted to start your own business, right? Maybe you can't do that right now, 
like the full thing, but maybe there's a step or two that you can take. Maybe there's a habit that you can create right now that will enable you to do that. Maybe that's even just, if you can't start your own company, then maybe you want to do something online. Maybe you want to post more on social media about some of the things that are important to you. Getting that following, right? Having Maybe you do a post of a blog. I talked to a, a lady the other day. She was amazing. Uh, her name's Kim. She's amazing. I was talking to her and I don't, I don't know if she knows she's amazing, but Kim, you're amazing. And she started a blog post and like I told her, keep going at it because I guarantee there's going to be people out there that are going to want to hear what she has to say. And if that can help one person, that's more than not doing it. So I totally believe in that. If you feel like you're stuck in a rut, you got to get out of that rut. You got to start doing those little things to be able to better yourself. And you can do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, put down the phone, read a book, go for a walk, sit in your own thoughts. These are things that you can do to start getting your mindset to change from what you're currently doing. Because if you're not putting the effort in because you're on the phone constantly, for example, and you know, again, I talked about this in another post uh, that I've done, but, uh, my kids, right. My kids love their phone and I love my phone too, but like they will forget to do things because they're on their phone. They will forget to do little things because they're on their phones and they're not paying attention and whatever else. And yes, you can learn a ton from that, but you can also get burnt out from that. So sometimes how do you have your own thoughts if you don't go through and actually put that away every so often? Don't always think about what you're getting fed. You also have to think about it from a rational perspective. And when I say fed, like the things that are coming into your spectrum on a daily basis, you don't have to always do those things. You can sit back and say, wait, why, why would I do this? Or what should I do here? These are things that you can do. So this has been a little bit about my story, guys. I hope this helps to show you that anyone can do these things. I appreciate you more than you know. Again, this is Ricky Ploy, and this is the Adjusting Your Mindset podcast. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Please follow. Please share. Uh, we're still new at this, so we're still just getting out there, and we want to make sure that people can hear this message. So I appreciate it. Have a great day.